Greetings, everyone. This is Johanna Bell. And Ryan Bodner. And this is our new podcast of Light and Clay. Welcome. Welcome. So, Ryan, what does light and clay mean to you? It's these two elements that are brought together. We are part clay, or we're part earth, and part light, or, or something greater than just what it is that we we find that we can hold in our hands. That's right. And so, you and I are both very interested in how we merge those two things, walking in this life as a human being. Yes. And so much of our existence, I think, has been tried to compartmentalize aspects of ourself. And especially during these times, it's it's been a, a time of um, calling upon all that we are and trying to allow that to, to coexist yeah. and analyze what doesn't work, what, what isn't a part of that. And um, the, the places that we haven't felt welcomed to experience the, the commingling of those different parts of ourselves. Right. I don't know about you, but in these times, there's a part of me that wishes I could fly up into the ethers and just live up there spiritually bypassing everything. But that's not why we're here. Right. And so we've got to work with the clay of our beings and bring the teachings that help us as human beings down into form. And to understand that clay is malleable. Yes. And beautiful. And, you know, it's what holds the light. Right. I'm thinking of luminaries and things like that. Um, so we are choosing a theme of the month that we're now calling the monthly mirror because it is something that we can look into and reflect back upon ourselves. And this month, the monthly mirror was sanctuary. So what does sanctuary call up in you? The first thing that comes to mind is the, the from the Buddhist tradition of the three refuges, which is such a beautiful and really simple way to articulate that sanctuary isn't just one thing, but um, it's many more than three things. But there are three different types of true refuges that can support us in our, uh, you can say spiritual life, but just in, in, in any life, any aspect of your life, which are um, you know, the refuge of the, the Buddha, the, the Sangha, and the Dharma. Right. And so when we talk about, for those of us who aren't Buddhist, when we talk about refuge in the Buddha, how do we translate that in such a way that it resonates for everybody? Well, it was never, I don't think, um, supposed to mean you should take refuge in this uh, iconography or this person, but it's anyone who is a, a living example of a, a heart master, someone who you can look up to and say, this is, um, this is someone who represents what it means to uh, embody the, the path of the, the heart. You know, I think about the Buddha as something actually, it doesn't even have to be a teacher outside. I think it's the, the luminous center of ourselves, mm -hmm. right? The sanctuary that we find within ourselves in the most enlightened and heart-based aspect of who we are. Yeah. The refuge of the, the Dharma is also an interesting one because it can sound very regimented as, you know, like here's a book of information that you need to have and, and follow in order to be a good person or the, the right type of you. And really, it's just in the, the bigger teachings. And it doesn't matter what tradition, even right. though these, th this has been uh, 
written down by um, the, the Buddhist tradition, but it's, it's any teachings that you can look back on and, and find that bring you back to yourself, not something that you need to mold yourself into in order to be right, but it's really the opposite. It's like a pathway back to the heart. Exactly. So Dharma is like the teachings or the path, and the path that we want is the one that leads us home, right? To a sense of belonging, to a sense of connection, and um, which might be arguably the, the most uh, poignant one at this time is, is the refuge of the Sangha or the, the, the group of people that you can relate to, that uh, more of a chosen family, that you, you have to be in relation with people in order to learn about yourself and in order to communicate, in order to uh, be of service. And also to learn, right? Because mm-hmm. we need the mirror of other beings, you know, to help us along to see ourselves as we move. There is no relationship to self without relationship to other and vice versa. So um, it is very poignant in this time because uh, so many of us are not able to connect physically in the way that we're used to. And this is why we, of course, launched the Illumina online portal to start to cultivate a real sense of community in the online platform. all it takes is for us to ex- sort of expand the tendrils of our awareness a little bit more to recognize the connection that we have. It's so interesting to watch the difference between you know, like doing a yoga practice or taking a class online, whatever you're doing, and it's some sort of recorded material and uh, just doing it live stream. Even though there's absolutely no difference in your computer screen, there is some tangible difference with being live stream there's you can feel the the connect the collective breath Mm -hmm. that's being experienced even if you can't hear it yeah and so um i wanted to ask you where you have found refuge most in your life well the the simple answer is in myself but that's not but you don't go to yourself you can't say like go to your room and when you figure it out like good but um, I mean, the, the hardest thing is that we're really the ones that are the only ones that have the answers for ourselves. But um, you you don't really learn that from you, but from the from trial and error. Um, it's really the most you learn about yourself is through your relationships with other people. And what's so interesting about this time is um, having spent so much time by myself, and then literally. <laughs> Uh, taking refuge in, in your home. So I'm, I've been, for the past uh, it's been a month, month now, yeah. um, living um, with Johanna and her beautiful family. And just all of a sudden having a different relationship with myself because of it. Hmm. Who is a person who you have looked up to, who has led you back to yourself? Boy, that's a that's a really good question. Obviously, I've had teachers on the spiritual path who have done so, um, and the teachers that I gravitate towards are sort of the guides. My way of looking at spirit is that um, is very universal in nature, and so I gravitate towards the teachers that um, pull from different traditions that are speaking the same language, basically, just in different forms. And so 
those teachers, the ones who teach like that, um, one of those is Andrew Harvey. Another one is Guru Dharam, who's our teacher. Um, those teachers really call me back into what I feel to be truth, which is that all roads lead back to one. And that, in the words of Rumi, there are a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Um, for me, I'm interested in, as I teach and share, helping people to develop their own way of connecting to divine energy as a support. And so the people that I've really, I've found sanctuary in because I feel like I belong with them in their teachings um, are those people that have opened that door more for me. The follow-up question is, have you experienced a place of sanctuary that felt really comfortable and like home, but all of a, all of a sudden it, it, you, you outgrew it or it turned into somewhere that wasn't safe? Yes. <laughs> I mean, all things are in a state of flux, aren't they? And we change and our vibration shifts whatever way. That's not a bad or a good thing. Um, but one place where we found resonance, and that's part of also what we feel when we feel sanctuary in a place, we feel that we're in a resonance, right? A kind of um, synchronicity with that space. And then and then we change or it changes and, and it just doesn't feel, it feels dissonant. Um, so there have been many places like that <laughs> where that has happened in my life. Um, you know, for instance, uh, there was a time when I was, I was in the realm of theater, right? Where that community was kind of my center and I felt at home in that creative energy. Um, but as I began to follow my spiritual path more and more, my spiritual human path, because it's one and the same, right? Um, my frequency just began to shift and I started to feel out of place in those groups. Love them still, but I just, I don't feel at home. I don't feel like I belong. And that's true with groups of friends, you know, where you shift and you change and then where you once felt at home with those individuals, you know, there's still great love there, but you don't feel like you're in a state of resonance. It's, it's very nice to think about sanctuary in terms of having some you know, beautiful home, some beautiful ritualistic space that you're, you're treating in a, in a more mindful way that helps to uplift you. But I think right now, obviously, you know, do that. And then also like how in, in the immediate sense of being in relation with people, how can you find a way to experience that sanctuary within yourself in when you find yourself in in conflict um mm. no one's in conflict right now that's not it's not right. a thing right no. now <laughs> you know before you post that thing or before you say that thing to the thing uh how do you create that within yourself so that you feel grounded regardless of where you are when I think that ultimately is the call to sanctuary is to build that space of refuge within yourself so that you don't need to seek it outside. We all find sanctuary in, in so many wonderful places, in community, in sanghad, in, in nature, for me, is a huge one, in family, you know, the ones I'm closest to, in, in chosen family. 
um, in my puppy who's holding my toes right now, <laughs> um, or hammy. Um, however, I think ultimately it's for us to discover the sanctuary that lives within us, which some would call the cave of the heart, right? That place of compassion that can hold all of our experiences. What does that feel like? Like what's, what's a tangible experience of that? Um, it's hard to describe for me because when that opens inside of me, it's quite subtle and spacious. Mm. So what it feels like to me when that place opens up inside of me is that it's almost like my mind pulls back and I can see myself and there's lots of space for whatever I'm feeling and not Mm. a lot of dialogue around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yes. What I was thinking about is the the type of person that you think of is going back to um, like the the refuge of, of the the Buddha or the Buddha presence or whatever you want to call that Buddha mind Buddha. Yeah. But uh, like that type of person, or if you think about like what you think Jesus was like as a per, like walking around and talking and like that sort of magnanimous thing, which like, was he like, well, you don't know what his personality was like. You know, nah. you know it's, it's written what he did and, and his philosophy or the Buddha or whatever. But I feel like when whenever I get around people that feel a little too magnanimous, mm. that there's something sort of fake about it, that they're not really living in the heart space. It's sort of this external representation a, of a it. projection of it. Which isn't a sanctuary, really. It's kind yeah. of, it's like a facade with nothing in it but to be as as you said it's a very subtle experience it's not it's not to become that like in a moment where you're in an argument with someone and all of a sudden you become this well that's okay or like the episode of the simpsons where uh, <laughs> homer like st- he's trying not to curse and he steps on something and he goes fiddle dee dee i stepped on a nail like that's not that's yeah. that's not a realistic expectation of oneself no i mean of course there's techniques we can apply to be a better person in situations Mm -hmm. but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about for me it it, neutrality has a very weird connotation for Mm -hmm. some people for some people that reads i don't care Mm -hmm. for me neutrality means i have space for everything right and and within that spaciousness, there's, there, is, there is great compassion because then I can start to see everything that's going on and hold it all. And um, I forget the quote exactly, I was teaching on it, but when all aspects of the roiling sea of life are seen as one, that's when the great compassion arises. Mm. And when you have the space to hold it all, that's when I feel like you're in the heart space because the heart is its center, right? It's, right. it's, it's that space between above and below, without and within, right and wrong. It has space for all of that. And if you can hold that with a sense of neutrality, and by that I mean non-reactivity. I have a friend who, they, they have a tendency to make this, this noise of, mmm. Mm. And lately I've really been thinking about that a lot in terms of, in those moments yeah. when you when you want to embody something that feels good, like really embody a, a moment that feels good and, and let yourself live in that as um, 
as a sanctuary, but also in those moments where um, you're very resistant to something that someone said, even if you don't agree with it, you feel that you are com- they are completely wrong, you are completely right, and there's no question about it. Um, if someone says something that's challenging, whatever it is, I've been starting to hear that voice and just that sound inside of my head. Like, mm. like, is there a space to take that in and actually invite that into your sanctuary is mm-hmm. having a spaciousness so that it's not just the movie of me or this thought or how angry I am at this thing <laughs> or whatever the one pointed focus becomes, um, feeling the sanctuary of like whatever it is like, what isn't welcome into a sanctuary? I mean, we can decide. We can have a collective decision as to like, okay, this is not productive in the sanctuary. Right. But for the most part, it's usually because we're not making enough space for that thing in order to actually address it. Right. From a heart level. That's right. That's it's an interesting. What do we invite into the sanctuary? Well, I mean, if we're really in Buddha nature <laughs> or Christic nature or whatever, it's everything. Mm-hmm. We need a little more boundary, but so, so, uh, I like to say, you know, all who come in openness and peace are welcome here. That's my little phrase for myself. Um, and that leads me to a question for you, which I think is really important for us to talk about at this time, which is how do we as humans create sanctuary for others? Especially when there's so many conversations um, around people not belonging, you know, in a lot of different ways and not feeling that they belong. So what do we do as clay and light? Right now we are at a time where we're apart. And I think that there have become some beautiful ways of connecting through... No one wants to hear the word Zoom anymore, but that's a way of connecting, and that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, or, you know, social media, obviously, though, the, these things are fine, and maybe they're personal, maybe they're not personal, but that um, we're still in, in a sense, more isolated, and maybe not wanting to confront the fact that we're feeling isolated and and finding these sort of false refuges in you know. I take refuge in the Facebook, I take refuge in the Instagram, where it's just kind of the dopamine that we're receiving. And there's there's some sort of feedback and it's kind of personal, but kind of not. Right. Um, and you can make, you know, when people say, I've had a couple friends say, I'm, you know, I'm leaving Facebook and there's like a big parade as they leave. But um, <laughs> I kind of get sad because I think like, oh, this was really the way that I like to, I'd like to see what your, your family was doing or without, but Really, it's me being lazy. I'm like, why can't I call this person? Why am I not calling for this person or texting them directly? So getting back to the, the question is, is really about taking these moments to, to look at the ways in which we engage with people and how much of them are just like given to us because someone is profiting off of it um, and, you know, in the whole social media stream or whether it's because um, we're actually taking the time, making the time creating a sanctuary of space that we're saying um for for example personal example is you know i have a list of people in my head that i'm like have i talked to this person this week Mm -hmm. have i engaged with this person this week um and maybe that's someone that i I 
you know, the, the close loved one, or is this someone that's like on my radar? Like, I feel like this person probably needs a little more attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's these little, when I say microcosm, it's just, it might not seem like a big deal, but taking the time to reach out and, and talk to someone, you know, if we're really going there, it's like, I can't, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone post something. Sorry to keep on bringing up social media, but someone's that says like, I'm, I'm feeling unsafe, I'm feeling unstable, I'm feeling very depressed or whatever. And then someone will post a number to a suicide hotline. And it's like, what is that? What is that doing? That's not, you're not connecting with that person or like why? It, it, it just really lacks the, the sound good. Right. Like that that's kind of what, direct connection. Right. Yeah. Like we need to take care of our own anxiety and fear and depression and all of that stuff. And then like, when you're done with that, like come talk, like we'll, we'll hang out or I'll post a funny meme or I'll, that's not what Sungit is. Right. I think, I think you're right. It's, it's important to, to, to build those threads of, of connection by reaching out. And at the same time to become sanctuary for other people, we can't require anything of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is, that's an interesting paradox in the heart thing because you offer space and connection, but you can't require anything back mm-hmm. in return. Um, and then the other thing is, of course, on a more global scale, is to allow your opinions about things to sort of move to the side and to open sort of the gates of your heart to hold space for people wherever they're coming from, you know. And that I'm talking about not just friends, yeah. but like expanded community. Well, I think what what just came up for me around that is the fact that most of the time we're in some sort of transactional relationship with people. Like I'm calling this person and I'm going to say these three things and I want them to say these three things and we're going to go ha 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 and then whatever, whatever the thing is. Or I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a drink with this person and this, whatever that situation is, it's very transactional in the sense that you have to feel like you actually got something in return or there was mm-hmm. space. But, um, when we talk about sanctuary, it's like just letting someone calling someone without any expectation that you're going to get anything in return and just holding space for whatever it is that they say, because in that particular moment, whether you knew it or not, um, it was needed. Like that your spaciousness was needed mm-hmm. or also being able to say like within the context of this sanctuary, like I actually need, would you mind holding space right now for me to be like being able to articulate that too is also um, adding something to the altar of the sanctuary. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, We are going to begin to offer um, a monthly event with um, our dear beloved friend, Tanya Burrell Torres, who is, um, an amazing yogini, spiritual seeker, teacher. And it will be called the Luminous Sanctuary. And I'm super excited about that because it will be a space where everyone is welcome to come with whatever's on their heart. But we will frame it through the realm of sort of conscious creativity, through music, through um, prayer through chanting so it will be really a sanctuary in which we can start to explore what it means to be human at this time together in a really sacred way so um look forward to that Mm, me too coming up soon um one last question for you is 
what is it that is a touchstone for you to the, the moment that you see it, whether it's a person, place, or thing that immediately reminds you of that of sanctuary, that, that concept of sanctuary? Whether that's like, if I see this, <laughs> if I have this crystal in my pocket, or whether, <laughs> like, <laughs> or anything else that, you know, whether I, when I watch this TV show, it brings me, you know. Um, there, there's a couple of things that come to mind. You said one, but there's a couple of things. <laughs> one is a human being, and that's my husband, Jim. Mm. Um, he's my tree. That man holds space for everything that passes through me. And he is um, my center, in a way, that I can always come to with whatever is moving through me. And much is moving through me right now, you know, with everybody. But he's steady and spacious mm. and loving. And I always know when I see him that I can belong. The other thing for me is places in nature, very specific places in nature. Like for instance, um, I grew up in the summertime going to my grandparents' place in Maine. That's where my parents live now. Mm. And that coast is like etched in my cells. Like the rocky coast of Maine the minute I go there, it's like I come into this, this, this ancient belonging to that part of myself. And where we live now in Carmel, New York, we've been here five years now, and there's certain aspects of it. The minute I, I, I come home here, I'm like, there's a deep sigh, like I come to kind of a rest. So those two things, and of course Hamish, my dog, <laughs> because <laughs> he, made, he gave that little groan when you said uh, my husband. He kind of went, oh. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he has <laughs> like he, he has space for everything. Right. This guy, right? Um, but I think that's that's what it is when you when you heave that that sigh of release and relaxing into yourself, mm. and those people and places that do that for for me are my touchstones. Yeah. How about you? Well, it's it's interesting uprooting yourself and like trying to find stability within not instability. I wouldn't say that I feel unstable. That's not at all. But uh, nature is for sure a, a gift that is present for me. Just being around water and get, having my feet. In, not having to put on shoes all that often is like what a gift that is um and really like literally when they say like the sanctuary of the body like just really feeling my body just mm. feeling its aliveness and um oh i relate to that too just reminding myself that there is space around my thoughts around my feelings, around uh, just as, as much as I can. So it's just, it's just been playing a lot with that and just like how much of my center can I hold on my own at this moment? At different times, it's been different things, but that's really it at the moment. I love that. And I relate to it too. Yeah, there of course is that sense when you land in the center of yourself, in your body, mm -hmm. but also the mind's at center. Yeah. You know, those moments that you find that, which we, which we can find through just conscious awareness and practice. And this being, right? Allowing yourself to be yeah. where you are. Well, if you think about, um, what do they say? Like an emotion passes through you and it takes like 90 seconds. I think you're hijacked. I, don't quote me on that time, but yeah. 
Something Whatever. like that. 90 seconds, three minutes, 20 minutes. No, it was like three, 90 seconds that it takes your limbic system to process some sort of challenging emotional state that you get hijacked by your, your uh, sympathetic nervous system. And after that, uh, during that time, you, you can't get out of it. Like you're just stuck feeling that thing, having the thoughts, whatever. After that though, uh, you have the ability to, to, to shift, but the reason you get stuck in that state is because your mind is, is stuck processing that over and over and over and over and over again. So it's just a good room. That's another really good reminder of like, okay, this is what's in the sanctuary right now for the next 90 seconds. After that, it's my choice. Like mm-hmm. I get to choose. And sometimes you, you have more to process. It's not like anvil fell on your face and then you're just <laughs> after 90 seconds, you're like, well, I'd better get back to normal. But there's, there's that there is spaciousness available. Yeah. So we invite you to sort of think about where you find sanctuary in your life. And I think a really great place to just begin is with those, those three invitations of the, the people around you. Um, what community do you find sanctuary in? Mm-hmm. Is there somebody that you look up to or an aspect of yourself, the Buddha within, that guides you? And then what are the teachings or the ways forward, the paths that lead you back to yourself? Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And we'll see you soon.